our king did not have a high throne. He had the cross. Our king, of course, did not have a crown of gold and precious stones. Instead, he had the crown of thorns. Our king was stripped and beaten and mocked. And we have some of those jeers that our Lord received while crucified, while on his throne in our gospel passage today. And so many have elaborated so well and reflected so well on the last words of Jesus Christ on the cross. Especially these conversations that happen stand out to us. Just as even certain conversations in our own lives strike us and call us back to a certain point. Some very important conversations some that we didn't know we needed when they were happening. And that's, of course, especially what happens in today's gospel when the king of the universe is being crucified next to two criminals and they start arguing between each other and then one turns to Jesus Christ and says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus responds, amen, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. That conversation strikes all of us because we know what it's like to turn away from Jesus and our sins. We know what it's like to feel hopeless. We know what it's like to suffer and not know why. Tradition holds that this good thief is named Dismas. And Saint Dismas, because we know he has that promise from our Lord to be with him in paradise, this should be an encouragement for all of us. But could you imagine... When he was being crucified, the thought even popping into his mind, this might give me access to the king of the universe. This crucifixion is exactly what I need. This cross is a total gift. There's no way Dismas saw that as he was being crucified unless he was given the grace of God. And God himself was next to him on a cross. Well, that conversation, of course, mattered greatly for Dismas. For our Lord took him into heaven. This conversation stands out to me because of a conversation I had 10 years ago. I was a brand new priest at Prince of Peace. And it was September, I know, because I wrote it down. And I went into the Eucharistic Adoration Chapel, and there were just two of us. Now, this wasn't like super late at night, maybe 10 o'clock. And we're adoring our Lord in the Eucharist. And then the the parishioner there turned to me. He said, I don't see a lot of priests in here. (laughs) And that hurt. (laughs) But then he said, he, he asked me if I'd ever read Archbishop Fulton Sheen, who's venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, and then later on in December, he's going to be beatified, which is amazing. He said, have you read Archbishop Sheen's book, The Life of Christ? Now, I have that book, like many others, on a shelf, and like many others, I haven't read it. I actually just heard yesterday that this book took Archbishop Sheen 10 years to write, his life of Christ, 10 years reflecting and and pouring into this work. Well, the parishioner 10 years ago said, you need to look at it and you need to turn to page 544. Like I said, this conversation stuck out, uh, uh, really stuck out to me, so I wrote it down. He said, you need to turn to page 544 and go to the section entitled, The Second Word of Christ on the Cross. And then the parishioner started quoting me verbatim a passage from Archbishop Sheen's work. 
And it was about our gospel passage that we just heard proclaimed here on the Feast of Christ the King Sunday. Describing what happened between Jesus and Dismas. Archbishop Sheen wrote, A dying man asked a dying man for eternal life. A man without possessions asked a poor man for a kingdom. A thief at the door of death asked to die like a thief and steal paradise. One would have thought a saint would have been the first soul purchased over the counter of Calvary by the red coins of redemption. But in the divine plan, it was a thief who was the escort of the king of kings into paradise. As it did 10 years ago, it still hits me now. The counter of Calvary. The red coins of redemption. The thief stealing paradise. This should give us all hope. Because we all know what it's like to be wrapped up in our sins or maybe even our freedom trapped because of addiction. Or maybe you know someone who's been incarcerated or is incarcerated. We actually have a wonderful ministry in the Archdiocese of St. Dismas Prison Ministry. And I visit someone who's currently incarcerated. And she has benefited so much from that ministry. So we want to hold in prayer all those in whatever way are suffering right now like St. Dismas did. And especially all those that you're losing hope about. Because if Christ the King shows us anything, it's that he's king of all of us, whether we want him to be or not. And he keeps reaching out to us, keeps giving us the opportunity to come back. And St. Dismas is this incredible example of someone who, at the very end, when things looked the worst, was able to receive paradise. Because of his humility and asking the King of Kings to remember him when he came into his kingdom. Now this always strikes me too because St. Dismas would have been crucified next to Jesus Christ. And you know in some of the conversations you had you can remember what facial expressions the other person had. <coughs> Maybe even smells in the air or what the location was like. St. Dismas would have been crucified at this point next to our crucified Lord. And I don't know if it was his peripheral vision. I don't know which side he was on of our Lord. Of what he actually saw. The flesh of God himself. The flesh that had been scourged and beaten and rejected. And yet given over to us. <coughs> and you might wonder what it would be like to be that close to Jesus. As close as Dismas was. Not just a member of a crowd or not just someone who had heard about Jesus Christ, but actually near him, next to him. Well, that part you don't have to use your imagination for because our Lord still gives us his flesh in the Eucharist. He gets to be our king now. And when we receive him in Holy Communion and we say amen, it's to the lordship of Jesus Christ that he is everything. He is the one we need. He's the one we long for. And in the Eucharist, he draws closer to us than we could possibly imagine. It wasn't just Dismas who got to be close to him or one of his apostles or disciples. We get to be close to him right now in Holy Communion. And that's something, of course, that weighs on me 
Because I do worry if we honor our Eucharistic Lord well enough. Because there's not too much we can do for him. I mean, we're in this whole process of founding a parish for him. But one of the things that has weighed on me is not having our Lord with us reposed in a tabernacle. And actually, beginning next week, we have a stand built. We had a tabernacle donated by a group of sisters, actually. And so we're going to have our Lord reposed here behind our altar. And that should feel different. St. John Henry Newman, who was just canonized by Pope Francis, said that that's what makes a Catholic church different than any other church in the world, is Jesus Christ reposed in the Eucharist, in the tabernacle with us. And I'm so excited because next week it will feel different to come into this space. It's going to be appropriate to genuflect. And if you can't genuflect, to make a profound bow to our Lord in the Eucharist. I'm so excited for our children because I do worry about that too. We've had three years now of so many graces. But I think our Lord is calling us closer to him. Closer and closer, ever closer. I'm so excited for our children to learn to genuflect even in this space with our Lord reposed in the Blessed Sacrament. But I'm also so excited for what that means for our opportunity to give thanks before Jesus Christ. You know, we're entering into Thanksgiving this week as a nation. And the Eucharist itself, the word means Thanksgiving, to give thanks. And there's powerful experiences about the saints who have spent time before Jesus in the Eucharist giving thanks. St. John Paul II, our patron, was famous for giving thanks in front of Jesus Christ so much that he'd like blow up schedules of all those who had all these plans for him when he'd make a pastoral visit to this country or that. But if he had time to spend before Jesus in the Eucharist, all those plans were disrupted. Our Lord can do so much if we're willing to give him thanks. Padre Pio was one of our great saints of the last century. And he actually received his stigmata the wounds of Jesus Christ that he bore in his own flesh while giving thanks after Mass. And I came across that passage, and I want to just share it with you, of when he first related this back in 1921. The incident happened after Mass on September 20th, 1918. He was in church after celebrating the sacred liturgy, and he was making a prayer of thanksgiving, when suddenly he was overtaken by this powerful trembling, and then a great calm and he said he saw our Lord crucified. And this is Padre Pio now. He was lamenting the ingratitude of men, especially those consecrated to him and favored by him. Then, St. Pio continued, his suffering was apparent, as was his desire to join souls to his passion. He invited me to let his plans enter into me, and to meditate on them, and at the same time concern myself with the salvation of others. Following this, I felt full of compassion for the Lord's pains, and I asked him what I could do. I heard this voice, I will unite you with my passion. And after this vision disappeared, I came back to myself, my reason returned, and I saw these signs, his stigmata, here from which blood flowed. Before this, I did not have these. Jesus Christ had a sign over the cross that said, the King of the Jews. There's no big sign 
above our altars saying Jesus Christ is king. The only way the world gets to know that is through us and how we actually live it. That's why Pope Pius XI, when he gave us this feast, he said he didn't want to just make a pronouncement because if you give the people a feast that they actually have to celebrate, that they have to engage not just with their minds, with their whole selves, then they actually start to believe it. Well, I'm so excited that together our Lord is drawing us closer to him in the Eucharist. And I really, 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 really encourage you to make a good prayer of thanksgiving after you receive Holy Communion and spend that time with Jesus Christ. And just know that our Lord still comes to us in the flesh. And just like St. Dismas gazed upon the sacred flesh of Jesus Christ on the cross and then was promised salvation, so too we. If we are willing to humble ourselves, confess our sins, and accept the salvation won for us by Jesus Christ, we get to have that same hope too. And I just want to finish with this. If you struggle with making a prayer of thanksgiving, I want you to ask St. Dismas to teach you how. Because think about those moments, whether it was an hour or more, or whether it was just a few minutes before his death, Think about those moments between when our Lord said, Amen, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. And then the moment of Dismas's death. What would that gratitude look like? What would that gratitude look like? St. Dismas, pray for us.